0: Hi, and welcome to the jungle. My name's Tom Kislingberry. I host the Read and React podcast with Sticky Z. It's all about defensive players. We know it seems like a scary world with all the savage beasts and dark corners and mysterious ruins. So we want to help you through it. We fight through the linebacker lemurs and the nose-tackled nasties and the cornerback creepers, so you don't have to. IDP is all about getting an edge, and we will give it to you now.
1: Sticky, pass me that machete. You're listening to the Dynasty League Football Podcast, where there is no off season.
2: And welcome back to another episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast. I am your host Matt Price. You are listening to episode number 285. I have with me tonight Mr. Ryan McDowell and Dan
1: Myler. Ryan, how is your week 15, man? Oh man, it is uh it's a fun one. This this Patriots Steelers game is just just unreal. I, I mean, I've never seen anything like that.
2: Yeah, it was that was crazy. Just back and forth the entire game. Uh, Antonio Brown, rest in peace, cost me uh, probably at least half of my playoff matchups this week. But Dan, how about you, man? How did you do?
0: Oh, it was such a fun week to watch, and there were so many big scores in fantasy guys that carried you, guys that you didn't expect to see score touchdowns. And you're thinking, why didn't my guy get that score? And you know, just the girly show and and all the running backs that went off. The scores are out of this world and for it to come this late in our playoffs is it's a lot of fun to watch
2: definitely is uh lots of highs and lows for me this week uh maybe the lowest of the low for all three of us because this is a Packers show now right since we have ryan on board <laughs> biggest <Red laughs> Pop fan in the world so we got all those dirty bears fans and seahawks fans off the show we can just talk about the packers now but no aaron Rodgers was back and we had high hopes for him today uh he came around at the end of the game uh, some receivers let him down he finished the game twenty six to two, 26 to forty five two hundred ninety yards three touchdowns three interceptions and six for forty three rushing on the ground. It was his first three interception game since two thousand nine. Uh, and early it definitely looked like he had a little bit of rust on him. You know, at the end of the game though, he had them in position to, to come back and tie the game. Unfortunately, Geronimo Allison fumbled the ball, and uh, that was that for the playoffs uh, for the Packers this year. But uh, just real quick, guys, uh, Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback one in pretty much all formats. I don't really care that he's 34. I think we still got two, three, maybe even longer with him still. Um, how about you guys? Have you bumped one of those younger players up above Rodgers or you stick with him, Ryan? Uh, he's,
1: he's remained at the top spot for me, even with some of these guys, some of these young guys breaking out, like you mentioned, and, and even Russell Wilson w- with his play through much of the year and not counting today he's he's moved up for me as well but Rogers has maintained that top spot and certainly not going to change that now
2: yeah me either Dan how about you have you kept him up there I assume so as a Packers fan
1: yeah uh...
0: it's not really the Packers fan fandom that kicks in more of more of that it's the consistency consistent elite play over this many years it's hard to bump that off and ryan mentioned wilson i think he's the the next guy and then maybe wentz we, we've seen these quarterbacks go till almost 40 now and even into their 40s I, I there's nothing that suggests that aaron Rodgers won't do the same thing so uh we have we have lots of years of watching aaron aaron Rodgers light it up for our dynasty team so i'll keep him up there at the top
2: yeah definitely i i don't disagree with anything you guys said, but uh, another guy today that we would have never put at near the top of the dynasty quarterback list and probably still don't, <laughs> but uh, did have a good game today Blake Bortles, 21 to 29, 326 yards and three touchdowns. Surprisingly efficient for Bortles today, Dan. Uh, Ryan actually put up a poll uh, asking earlier today if who would be the Jag starter, Bortles or not Boulder, Boulder, Bortles or not Bortles? And uh, 67% of Twitter voters said Bortles would be. I, I tend to agree with that. I think early in the year, maybe they were going to move on, maybe even trade them or something like that. But honestly, I don't really know who they're going to find better. Um, and that offense looks pretty scary if they can keep somehow keep both uh, uh, Alan Robinson and Marquise Lee, who are UFAs, going into next season. Um, but today, they did it with Keelan Cole and Jaden Mickens, I don't know who that is. <laughs> so so Dan, what do you think about Bortles' future here as both a dynasty quarterback and is you think he's gonna move on from the Jags or is he gonna be the guy there
0: again next season? We we have so many podcasts this offseason to talk about that. I, I I have no idea. You know, Brian, <laughs> I wish you would have ran that same that same poll after the Jets game when he completed only 40% of his passes and through those interceptions and, and fumbled and all, all that stuff. I think it was the Jets that he had that horrible game against. I don't know. I, I don't know if he'll still be there. And if, if he is, if he'll be the starter, he sure looked good today. I, I know that week 15, if you look at that alone and really over the last three or four weeks, he's looked sharp. He's completing 60, 70, 75% of his passes. The last three games, he's had seven touchdowns and no interceptions moving around in the pocket really well. It seems like he's a lot more aware of the rush than he's been in the past. You know, that's a big thing for Blake Bortles. And, you know, those names that you were mentioning there, Matt, the, the unknowns that he's doing with, imagine if he had his, his, the whole toolbox full there in Jacksonville, what he could do. So I like what he's done. I have him in a few places and I'm pleasantly surprised. And depending on how the rest of this season goes and their playoff run goes, I'm not going to be looking to trade him away in those super flex leagues that where I have him because I would say, like that Twitter poll said, I'm I'm leaning more towards him being there than somebody else taking taking his place. So I I want the Jacksonville quarterback on my roster. I think.
2: Yeah, that team is it looks looks scary on paper at least. But Ryan, let's move on to Cam Newton, 20 of 31, 242 yards, four touchdowns, 14 rushes for 58 yards. Uh, me and Adam Zekas, we have him at quarterback five. Ryan, you got him at quarterback nine. Tell me why uh, he's dropped a little bit in your rankings and you've moved some of those other guys up above him.
1: Well, I don't really feel like he's dropped. I feel like uh, Prescott, Watson, and Wentz specifically have, have overtaken him. So it's more about what they've done than what he has done. Now, with that said, he is, uh, he's currently behind Luck winston and mariota in my rankings i'm not feeling very confident (laughs) about any of those right now i usually try to hit those rankings about once a week once every other week and i would think he would be moving up at least to to that sixth spot after what we've seen just really this past few weeks he had that cold cold stretch at the beginning of the season that didn't last long he's he's had another strong year
2: yeah for sure uh i mean he started off a little bit slow coming back from that injury, but I think he's, he's shown what he can do. And I think too many people, at least in the fantasy industry, kind of just, you know kind of dog him for his passing skills so sure he doesn't throw for 300 yards like every single week but you gotta you gotta account for those 50 yards plus that you're gonna get on the ground all the time so, Dan let's go over to Todd Gurley oh my gosh what a monster day 21-1 for 152 three touchdowns on the ground three catches for 20 yards and another receiving touchdown I have him currently a running back two behind just Ezekiel Elliott but uh, he made a pretty strong case today that he should probably be the running back one overall at this point uh, where do you have him at
0: you know, I, I don't have official rankings on the site. I, I've never been that guy, but I, I would have to. I, I would have him at one. I really don't think it's all that close, to be honest with you. I, I really like Le'Veon Bell. I really like Ezekiel Elliott. But there's baggage attached to those guys that is not attached to Todd Gurley. And Gurley plays in what appears to be an elite offense with a rising coaching staff that that is committed to him getting 20, 25, 30 touches a game. He could have. Uh, he, he could still be running right now uh, late Sunday night if, if they wouldn't have pulled him out of the game uh, here in week 15 against the Seahawks. That's not an easy defense to run against. Uh, and he's done it week in and week out all year long. It, I, I don't think there's a more impressive running back in the league right now than Gurley. I think he should be in the MVP conversation myself. And I, I don't know – if, what you guys think, but I think he should be in the fantasy MVP conversation as well. And I think probably the lead dog in that, in those ranks.
2: Yeah. I can't disagree, Ryan. How about your input here too? Uh, is, where is he at in your rankings and uh, you know, what, what what are you doing with Gurley?
1: Yeah. Mine, mine matchers. I've got Elliot at one Gurley at two again, though, like I said, with the quarterback, I, I could see that changing. I, I wouldn't have any argument at all with Gurley in that top spot. He's just been, gosh, so impressive all season. Every time I get to watch him, it makes me a little more angry at Jeff Fisher for these, <laughs> these wasted uh, wasted years, at least, at least that last season that Gurley had to endure and that we all had to endure. But like Dan said, I mean, he's got a, a young coaching staff, a young quarterback, a, a good solid group of wide receivers. It's hard to see... This really going wrong for the Rams. I mean, this, what we're seeing this year could be how it plays out for the next two or three years, at least, if not longer. And that's, that's pretty exciting. And that's a good reason to have him at that top spot.
2: Yeah. And this is the first year of these players in the system. So, like, this is could be just the tip of the iceberg. So, th- this could be really incredible. So, if you can somehow still get, that guy. I don't know how you how you could turn that down. Um, Melvin Gordon, Ryan, uh, a guy who gets a little bit less love in the community. Nineteen for seventy-eight and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, six catches or, and on eight targets for ninety-one yards in the passing game. Uh, is this maybe just another another case where we have a player who's who's a good player and and produces for fantasy, but there's just a lot of a lot more talented guys that we want to rank above them.
1: Yeah, I think that's all it is, and that's that's not really a knock on Gordon. I have him at running back 11. I've got several of those top rookies ahead of him, along with, uh, I guess, what we could call the big four now, Zeke, Gurley, Bell, and and DJ. So um, I don't really see him moving above those guys. I, I do see him moving down once this rookie crop comes in. I'm sure I'll have Barkley ahead of him. To me, it's it's just a limited ceiling, both weekly and over the course of the season, that kind of separates him and and pushes him down a little bit
0: the nice thing about gordon though is he does offer a pretty high floor and i've been a gordon fan for a long time i really like the way that coaching staff uses him as well they they use him as a featured runner and they allow him to catch the ball out of the backfield and run both between the tackles and on the perimeter so while they mix in eckler a little bit Gordon's the show there and he deserves to be so like like you guys said you know maybe he's not elite maybe he's not the best running back in the league or the most talented guy but he's pretty darn good at a lot of things and we as dynasty owners have room for that guy in, um, among the back end of the running back ones for sure
2: yeah he's almost like you, you have to rank him as as close to that borderline running back too but you're going to get running back one production, you know, most weeks, I think. So, uh, you know, I think there, there may be like a buy opportunity here coming up to this offseason, like Ryan said, with those rookies coming coming in. So uh, but let's go on to receivers, man. This was a crazy week in receivers. So many players that helped no one in fantasy just had big games. Keelan Cole it has been a, a bit of a dynasty, wait, a little did, bit of wait, buzz. Wait a minute,
0: Matt. You did not have Amir Bird in your lineup.
2: Oh, no, I definitely did not. The writing
0: was on the wall. Come on, man. We were all talking about
2: (laughs) it. (laughs) I did actually, like, I was kind of intrigued with Demir Bird in the preseason a little bit uh, and thought maybe he had, you know, because all we really had was the two big guys. We didn't really have a small receiver out there except for uh, McCaffrey because Curtis Samuels was hurt um, all preseason, so he did get to show a little bit but, but yeah so guys like him Tavares King Jaden Mickens I, I, again Jaden Mickens Ryan have you heard anything about Jaden Mickens do you even know where he went to school I did look up apparently he lived out of his car while he was on the practice squad uh, uh, for the Jaguars because he didn't know if he was going to be there so uh, good for him for coming out and having a big game but I honestly don't know anything about him do you?
1: No, no, not at all. I, <laughs> I took some. I took no, no,
2: Debbie, no Devy, not a Debbie prospect.
1: Nothing, nothing on my radar. I actually took some flack for saying I'd I'd never heard of him. Evidently, he he's been the um, special teams player of the week, uh, I guess, yeah. in the NFL the past two weeks in a row. So that's the only it.
0: reason I have ever heard of him, Ryan. I get <laughs> updates on my phone that give me the players of the week, and I noticed it. So I I hadn't heard of him either, and even today. When he made the big, when he caught the first touchdown, I thought to myself, "Who is that guy? I'll Look him up." Oh yeah, that's the guy that I got the update on.
1: So don't, yeah, you know, yeah. So he don't feel bad. he took advantage of the Marquise Lee injury. Obviously, that gave him some additional playing time. And I mean, he's not a guy I'm going to be chasing in Dynasty. But you love to see those th- those unknown players kind of come out of nowhere and and have a big game, even if it is in the fantasy playoffs. I was going to say on on Bird though. There were people on him, more more from a DFS perspective. I mean, I didn't pick him up in any of my leagues. I certainly didn't start him in the fantasy playoffs. But I think that's where, you know, dynasty guys or season-long players can really get a little bit of an advantage listening to some of the DFS experts who are out there and kind of looking at, at this game from a different point of view. So I know I know Silva and, and some of these other guys were were really pushing Bird as as a play this week.
2: That's interesting. Uh, how, how about Keelan Cole though? Seven and nine for 186 yards and a touchdown. He's been producing a little bit as of late, and I do think that there's a, a chance that you know Allen Robinson could could just walk uh, or they don't resign him. Same with Marquise Lee. And there's been talk of cutting Hearns too. Is it worth trying to maybe? Acquire him for I don't know if you can get, a th- get him for a third. I certainly wouldn't pay a second at this point. But does he intrigue you at all? as kind of like a end of roster stash just to see what happens there next year.
1: He does for me for sure. I'm I'm not paying anything for him though. Okay. Uh, I, some of my leagues he's still on the waiver wire and and if he's there I, I would add him definitely. But no, I, I wouldn't even give a third for him. But uh, I do think like you said that that's going to be an interesting situation. Not only the quarterback position that we talked about already, but with so many uh possible changes at the wide receiver position. He's a guy who could carve out a role and the talk all week was about DD Westbrook and what type of impact he would make. His numbers were down today, but maybe even more disappointing, his targets were down. He only yeah, saw two targets two, two. and uh, I think Cole had uh, like 11 maybe. Um so that's you know that's that's something we have to factor in as we try to weigh the value and and project uh, the coming weeks and the coming seasons of these players.
2: Absolutely, Dan. Uh, let's move on to Sterling Shepard. Had a huge game today and a game that I didn't think the Giants had any chance of if you really even being in. But uh, he finished with 11 of six for six, 11 catches on 16 targets for 139 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I think he's an offseason buy for me. I know quarterback is a concern, especially if they move on from Eli, but. That core of OBJ, Shepard, and Ingram looks like a pretty nice set of weapons of, for whoever uh, is going to be there long-term.
0: Yeah, and if, if you look at that offense right now, if, if you're game planning against the Giants, who who are you trying to stop in the passing game? Ingram and Shepard. We don't even have OBJ on the other side taking away coverage or anything, and, and Shepard has these these explosions from time to time. I, I think this is his third really big 100-plus-yard game of the year, and and he really did look good. 11, 11 catches, that's – that's something. Now he's had some down games too. I think last week he only got caught two balls against the Cowboys. So uh, there, there's some up and downs going on. I don't think there's there's anybody out there that wouldn't say that that the presence of Beckham is going to be good for these other receivers though. So so I'd like to see a buying window for him as well. He's a guy I liked coming out, and the hype got a little bit out of control, and I sold a little bit. I'd be willing to get back in this off season if the price is right for sure.
2: Yeah, definitely. Any, any thoughts there on, on Sterling for you, Ryan?
1: Yeah, I think he's probably a buy as well. I, I do kind of look at him as the third option there when everybody's healthy, but he also seems to be a guy who I, I don't think his price is going to get out of control, uh, even if he finishes the season well. So I think he's he's a player you could still buy for a late first, uh, maybe even later than that, once, once we get closer to the rookie hype period.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, I think that's probably the coaching destination that's going to be most watched because of those those weapons that are in place there and if you saw the right offensive minded head coach land in New York it, it could make for a really nice uptick in dynasty value for some of those guys specifically Shepard as that is that third option uh if you you know on the quarterback like you mentioned Matt that's a big question mark we don't know what's going to happen with Eli it, it appears that they want him back but uh, what happens there still remains to be seen. I, I really think if the right coach ended there, ended up there, it could be a good thing for for Shepard it just feels
2: like he has to be back unless he just decides he wants to retire. Like I just, I don't, I, don't, I can't see them letting him walk. You know what I mean? Like there's just nothing else out there. Uh, Dobbs is not the guy. Uh, sorry, not Dobbs. Uh, Davis Webb is not the guy. I don't think we know Gino Gino is not the guy. So, I mean, what else are they going to do there? Maybe they draft somebody highly, uh, but it's the question is, if would he be ready for next season? So, um, but let's go on to tight end here. Dan, Greg Olson back with a vengeance today against the Packers, of course. Uh, Nine catches on 12 targets for 119 yards and a touchdown. He's been pretty much unhealthy all season long, including last week uh where where he did basically nothing for us but uh, he came back today he's going to be 33 in march but you know if he's healthy he's one of still one of the most heavily targeted tight ends in the game so i'm still interested if i can get him for uh, a cheap price this offseason when people are just looking at the year-long stats and see what he did and then decide that he's not worth anything going forward so uh, what do you think about olsen here going forward for dynasty purposes
0: well obviously the age is is the thing that is going to slow people down. I feel like I'm just like you, Matt. I really like him and man, watching him today really brought back a, it was a blast from the past. Those years of just running across the middle and, you know, boxing out defenders and making catches in front of, front of uh, defensive backs and just way too big for a defensive back and way too small, way too fast for, for any of those linebackers to cover. Um, the Packers didn't even want to cover him at times. It appeared but that's no slight on Olsen. You know, he still looks good. I'm a little bit sour because the injuries have mounted so much that I decided you just can't play him. There's no way you can put him in your lineup. And it burned me in the couple of spots. I had him. Uh, If I survive in both of them, I will in one, I won't in the other. I'm putting him in my lineup next week because I have to, he has the upside to put up these kind of numbers and against Tampa Bay on Christmas Eve. I wouldn't be surprised if he does the same thing. As far as the long term goes, Uh, like you said, the price can't be that high with that age creeping up there. And it's difficult to find quality tight ends in our game. The price tag shouldn't be all that all that high this off season. And if you're one of those guys that are floating on that waiver wire every week, waiting for that hot ad to put in your starting lineup. If you started Ricky Seals Jones at any point this year, or, you know, you're, you're re- relying on guys like Austin Safarian Jenkins. He's a nice guy to add and at least say, well, at least next year, as long as he's healthy, I got a guy that I can put in and I don't have to rely on the waiver wire to fill that spot in my starting lineup.
2: Yeah, I I definitely agree and we see Witten still putting up serviceable stats. So I mean, if you can go out and get him for like a second round pick and just fix your tight end position for the next couple of years, you know, of course, barring injury. Uh like that seems like a like a no-brainer kind of move. And that's you. a
0: content, you know, if you're a contender, yeah, a yeah of course. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously.
2: But we're all contenders here, right? We don't have Absolutely.
0: Yeah. We, we have wouldn't have talk about that are not else. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, before we go on to the downs, uh, I do want to make a little bit of announcement here. Just before we start started recording uh, this evening, we decided we're going to do a playoff listener league. Uh, so, and this is how you get into on, on that. You're going to go on to iTunes and leave us a rating and review and tweet us a, a screenshot uh, to Ryan McDowell. He's going to collect those. If you can make it easy on them by tagging him in that uh, with a hashtag like DLF pod, or uh, just adding uh, Ryan McDowell there at Ryan MC 23. Uh, we will get you in that league and uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll, uh, We haven't decided the exact format yet, but it's probably going to be one of those where you get to set a lineup each and every week, not one where you can only pick one player per week. Um, So uh, it'll be nice and easy, and and basically that'll allow us to have as many listeners on uh, in the contest that that really want to be on there. So get your ratings and reviews in, and uh, look forward to that coming up in a few weeks. Uh, Let's get to the downs, though. Andy Dalton, man, 11 for 22, 113 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. He has not really been a friend of anyone in fantasy this entire season. The, the Bengals are kind of a hot mess. Marvin Lewis was going to walk away. The, the ownership didn't want to let him. Uh, with him gone, maybe there's some hope. You know, Ryan, maybe he's a buy-low candidate this this, this offseason in two-quarterback and super flex leagues, certainly not in one-quarterback league. Um, but he has a you know some nice talent around him. A.J. Green is still there, even though he's getting a little bit up there. He's got Mixon, who everybody, including myself, think is probably a top 5 to 10 talent at the position in the league. I've heard if he's ever going to stay healthy, you no, know, I guess. He's probably going to move on. But John Ross, they also drafted another uh, rookie very highly in the first round this year. So, uh, you know, maybe there's hope there. Are, are, do you have any
1: hope, I guess, Ryan, with with Dalton going forward? Um, I, I'm concerned for sure. Um, I, I do think it's a good a good thing for all those guys that Lewis is going to be gone. But then, just just hours after that report is released, we're already hearing rumors that maybe they're interested in bringing Hugh Jackson over to lead that team. And that's, you know, you just have to sure. shake your head if you're yeah, if you're Ugh. a Bengals fan that just why you know what what has he done well he made
2: Dalton like an actual fantasy quarterback for a couple of seasons but as a head coach obviously uh, yeah and I mean I
1: I, I guess I I guess you can say the Bengals have more (laughs) talent than the Browns I'm not not even sure that's fair to say at this point yeah that's true Um, honestly I'm worried for my AJ Green shares and my mixing shares because I I don't trust this franchise to make the right decision at all and actually kind of going back to that Giants conversation. I feel the same way about them. You know, they're they're already interviewing retread GM candidates. Uh, not not quite as concerned with with that team, but the Bengals, of course, have this history of uh, of just not succeeding at all. Lewis has been there what fifteen years and didn't win a playoff game.
2: Yeah, someone so. tweeted that in two thousand three they hired Marvin Lewis with five. Uh, all-time playoff victories, and then 2017, he leaves with still five all-time playoff victories. So, yeah, yeah, not, not a not a great 14-year stretch there.
1: Joe Goodberry, who who probably knows the Bengals about as good as anyone, he kind of alluded to the idea that maybe they could um, they could replace Dalton through all this as well. So that honestly, that would be the best news for for him as far as his dynasty value, but. Back to your original question, I'm buying low on him in, in super flex leagues because that's, that's how I play the game with quarterbacks. You know, I bought Joe Flacco last year and guys like that, uh, and sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, Dalton has had success in the past, and he's, uh, if he's coming cheap, then I'm interested. Any, any thoughts on Dalton there, Dan? Well,
0: I, I I share a brain with Ryan on it. I, I'd be buying if I get the opportunity and it's cheap enough. When Ryan kicks off Kitchen Sink Six this offseason, make <laughs> sure make sure everybody to, to get on Twitter and talk to him about it. Uh, I'm sure that's a that's a fallacy. Uh, it's not going to happen, right, Ryan? Not uh, if if there was a if there was an auction, he'd be the kind of guy I'd be looking at though. I, I'd want is that third quarterback that you can get for relatively cheap in a, in a setting like that. You know, the guys we've been talking about tonight on the podcast, it's interesting how their recent play has changed things. If you would asked, do you want Dalton or Bortles earlier this season, maybe only a month or a month and a half ago, almost everybody would would point to Dalton and say, absolutely, it's a landslide. And now – I think that's probably flipped on its side. So, you know, Bortles' stock goes up and Dalton's goes down. I'd like to see him land somewhere else and work with a with a good quarterback coach, get another opportunity, maybe a fresh start. But if you can't do it with A.J. Green, I, I'm, just, I'm not convinced you'll ever do it. That said, I'm, I'm still buying because when the price is right in Superflex uh, and it, it, all signs point to it being right this off season, you buy, and Dalton seems to be headed that way.
2: Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to running backs here. Uh, very sad for me. I've been an Amir Abdullah fanboy basically his entire career, <laughs> going back to, to college. And uh, today, I think we really saw where his value is at. He was back healthy today. Only one carry, or sorry, healthy on Saturday night. Uh, only one carry for eight yards, three catches on four targets for fourteen yards. He's just he's he's not the guy anymore. He's he's theoretic has taken his job. It seemed like uh tion uh tion tyon green also had like 10 times the carry that he had tion tyon green had 10 carries i think so i don't, I don't really know what they're doing with Abdul. It doesn't seem like he's going to be back with the with the lions i think maybe the best hope for him is that he lands somewhere else and plays like a theoretic type as a pass catching back because he still does have talent in that that stretch of the game but i think the days of him being a feature back are definitely over so dan are you holding him i mean i don't really know if you can sell him unless you just want to get out uh, I don't even know if somebody's going to give him you a second for him at this point. So, what what do we do with Amir Abdullah from here?
0: I, I'm selling. I'm off the bandwagon. I'm, I'm okay. done with it. it. It's sad. It, it really Wait, is. Hard. I've been high on him, and I was buying this past off season. And just stay healthy. And that role, you can win that role and, and be the true three down back there in Detroit. And that's an offense that likes to throw the ball to the running back, and and is fine given a running back fifteen to twenty carries if he's rolling. And it just never has materialized with him. Um, even when, you know, the injury, I thought, well, maybe he'll come out of this. And it, No, it's, it just doesn't happen. As far as selling him, I mean, what are you going to get? You know, you can go through rankings and, and hope that you can get another running back close to him that you're a little higher on. Uh, I guess if I have him on a, on a roster, that might be what I'm doing at the beginning of the offseason, trying to unload him. Um, maybe hoping for some good news in the offseason. He signs in a nice destination and, and selling then. I think you're right, though. The, the high end at this point, the upside of, of Amir Abdullah is is probably his teammate's role just with another team. If he can end up being Theo Riddick on another roster, that, that would be a win for Dynasty owners at this point, and that's sad.
2: It is extremely sad. Ryan, any thoughts on uh, the death of Amir Abdullah?
1: Uh, I've I've kind of been a Abdullah hater, really um, dating back to his time at Nebraska. So, honestly, not not too surprised by this. Um, I mean, not ever cheering against him, but just not a player I believed in as far as his talent or his role in the league. I do think same thing that we've said for some other players. His his best situation would be with another team, like you guys mentioned. So, hopefully, that plays out that way. I I don't have any shares. Obviously, if I did, I would, I would just hold them. I don't think you're even getting a second. I think you might get a third, uh, maybe not even. Um, I've seen them dropped in, in some d- shallower dynasty leagues. If you are a believer, if you have been a believer at this point, you might as well just hold and, and hope he does land with, with another team. Um, if he goes to Tennessee, they give Henry the job and, and get rid of Murray, then maybe that would be a situation that uh, he could succeed in. I know they've
2: got Eckler, but I think it would be pretty fun to see him in like kind of a woodhead role there with uh, Melvin Gordon. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think if I end up being able to buy him for a third this off season, I might, <laughs> I might still be back and I just can't quit him. Uh, let's move on uh, to uh, another one of our favorite players, Dan Jordy Nelson Man, three for six, uh, sorry, three catches on six targets for only 28 yards, even after Devonte Adams, Got knocked out of the game. Like he still wasn't really a target hog for Aaron Rodgers. You know, the narrative was out there, and I bought into it full force. You know, putting Nelson back in your lineups because Rodgers is back, and uh, they're going to pick up where they left off, right? Uh, well, that didn't happen, and, and and they did almost hook up, like you mentioned earlier, on a on a, like about sixty yard throw. But uh, it was before Aaron Rodgers really had had started playing better in the game, and he just underthrew him and ended up being an interception. So I don't know. I, I still have a little bit of hope, kind of along the lines of Larry Fitzgerald this year. I think I might be buying this off season for contenders in 2018 uh how about you dan
0: yeah i think the the days of trading a first a future first round pick for jordy nelson are over and that means yeah. you're trading a second round pick for jordy nelson and i'm, I'm buying at that price yeah. uh maybe even a couple of late seconds I, i'd be fine buying him if if uh if it's a true contender and I really need that wide receiver three that can fill that role. If you got those studs to put next to him. that said, we don't know what's going to happen. And I was a big supporter of Jordy. I I kept saying, we're just waiting for Aaron to get back. Um, Before Aaron left the four games that they played together, the entire games, he had six touchdowns. So, so still this year when Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson have played together in five games, he's scored six touchdowns. He's, he's still a guy he looks to Um, he had that shot deep and, I know it's it's kind of silly to say it, but if he catches that ball, if that ball's thrown out in front of him and Jordy runs underneath it, none, these conversations aren't even happening. In fact, they might be the other way. Everybody might be saying, I can't wait till next week to see these two play again. Now, we don't know if Aaron's going to play uh, going forward with them most likely being eliminated from playoff contention. I'd really like to see the two of them get a little bit more playing time uh, before making those decisions this off season. But I'm I'm still a Nelson believer. I believe that Aaron Rodgers is a believer too. And I I think he's at the very least a quality wide receiver three next year. And I have room for that on my roster. So, so I'll be buying a lot like you were mentioning in the Fitzgerald role, if I can find those deals out there. And I think they will be to be had out there. I, I think owners will be willing to sell and get out because of that age and the lack of production late in 2017.
2: All right, Ryan, uh, tight end position here. We got a rookie David and Joku, zero catches on three targets for zero yards. <laughs> uh, he was somebody who I, I kind of like this 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 week as like a if you didn't have anything at tight end and just kind of throwing a dart out there. Baltimore, you know, earlier this year gave up three touchdowns to Mercedes Lewis. So that kind of narrative was out there. To me, he, while this was kind of a disappointing season a little bit, I think you have to kind of pin it on the offense and that team in general. Um. So to me, it seems kind of like an obvious buy-low target because guys like Ingram and Howard are going to be much more expensive this offseason.
1: Yeah, he's definitely a player I would target. I, I would like to look a little closer. I haven't done this, but look at his targets and his production over these past three games that Gordon has been back. He's uh, he's not going to be the top target there, no matter how that plays out. But I do think he can still be, uh, you know, still be a productive tight end and, We've been spoiled a little bit. We've we've had this conversation a lot, and and all dynasty folks had have, but we've been spoiled with Hunter Henry last year leading the uh, leading the league in touchdowns at the tight end spot, and uh, Ingram producing, Howard producing this season. So definitely not riding off a rookie tight end with Injoku's type of talent.
2: Yeah, I agree, um, Dan. Any thoughts on Injoku there before we move on?
0: No, I agree with you guys. I think he's a nice nice guy to look at if you're looking for a developmental guy at the position in the offseason.
2: Okay, so for our final segment here, we thought it would be fun to take a way, 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 way too early look at 2018 unrestricted free agents that will be coming up uh, uh, this next next off offseason. Um, so we're going to go position by position here. I'm going to throw out a group to these guys, and uh, we're going to see who is the most interesting from each group. So at quarterback, Breeze, I think if he's back, he's going to be back with the Saints. I don't really see any reason why they would kind of break up that uh, what they have going there right now especially if they go on to win the Super Bowl this year uh, maybe more interesting though Kirk Cousins uh, there was a lot of speculation earlier this se- offseason and, and and this season that he might go to San Francisco but San Francisco has found their guy in Jimmy Garoppolo clearly so I don't think that's an option anymore you know there's been speculation that he might go to Cleveland there's been speculation that he might end up in New York if uh, if Eli does move on but uh, what do you think, uh, Dan, where do you think his best landing spot would be? I kind of think it. it you, he should probably try to stay back there in Washington if he wants to have, continue to have fancy success, which I know he cares about so
0: much. He, yeah, he cares. <laughs> he certainly does. You know, I, I think there's a lot of nice landings, but I would love to see him end up in New York. That'd be great, go go in the same division and, you know, play over there for the Giants. Uh, and to have those weapons, that'd be really nice. I, I it doesn't seem like the Redskins want to give him that money. It, it doesn't seem like they want to make well, that long-term
2: commitment. Well, they want to give him $34 million a year to franchise him. They just don't want to pay him, like, what, 70 yeah, They just
0: want the flexibility, right? They yeah. want to be able to back out when the time is right. And that might come this offseason. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if it does – Quite honestly, I, I think it'll benefit a team that is willing to, to give away the money. I, I, I've watched a lot of Kirk Cousins over the years, going back all the way to when he was at Michigan State, and he's he's always been a leader, and he's always made good decisions with the football and super competitive, and that's a guy that people are going to like around the league. I, I hope he ends up somewhere with some weapons. He's had some at times in Washington, and and he's helped those players get, get to the next level um, and play at a high level. So – I don't know if there's an ideal landing spot. It seems like maybe it could be right around draft time that we really figure that whole thing out, but it's going to be fun to watch this off season. And I hope he ends up somewhere, like I said, with some weapons at his disposal so he can continue to be that fringe quarterback one for dynasty
1: owners. I think uh, maybe maybe Denver is the ideal landing spot. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good.
0: Yeah. I didn't even think of that one. That Those are the types of weapons that, that he could use and he could benefit those guys and they could be- benefit him for sure.
1: And we know uh, Elway and, and those guys are not afraid to dish out the money. I've, yeah. I've heard
0: some recent talk from Indianapolis Colts fans that are worried about Andrew Luck and, and what the future of the position looks for them. And, of course, they, they've they had a mainstay there now for the for, for 2017. But um, I, I heard a Colts fan this week say, well, what if they went out and got Kirk Cousins? What if it's worse than it seems with Luck and they got him? So – I think owners, and that's not to say that's a good idea or anything. I, th- I think owner fan, dynasty owners and fans of teams everywhere are all watching that Kirk Cousins situation um, because he's an interesting and polarizing guy for sure.
1: Yeah, I think they should be worried.
0: Hey, no doubt. <laughs> I am too. On my dynasty teams with with luck, I'm I'm awfully worried.
1: Yep. Me, waiting
0: waiting for that good news, right, Ryan? Give give me a little good news, and I'll I'll sell.
1: It might be a while. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: That news came out today that he might have to have another surgery, right? So yeah, over there in Europe, where it's really scary.
0: Um, European football.
2: Yeah, and then maybe the. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he doesn't need his shoulder for that, right? He <laughs> yeah, kick yeah. the ball. So. <laughs> uh, but maybe the most interesting free agent situation at quarterback, I think, is the Minnesota Vikings, who are Super Bowl contenders this year. But next year, going into the offseason, they are not going to have any quarterbacks. Sean, uh, Sam Bradford, Case Keenum, Eddie Bridgewater are all unrestricted free agents, um, Brian. What, what, <laughs> which one is going to stay? Are any of them going to stay? Are, are two of the three going to stay? What's what's gonna happen with these guys?
1: Yeah, this is this is gonna be a wild situation to watch for sure. I feel like we can rule out Bradford. I don't think yeah. there's any chance they commit big money to him. I think somebody will give him a, a, a decent sized contract, probably some team that is desperate. It's it's just gonna be a matter of are they willing to give Case Keenum a long-term contract and pay him probably 20 million a year, which is is crazy that we're even having that conversation? But that's that's the kind of season he's had, and that's the kind of of market there is for free agent quarterbacks. You know, we saw we got to see Teddy Bridgewater today, which was awesome. He got um, a, a nice ovation from the fans and and his teammates. That's that's awesome to see. I'm a, here in Kentucky and not a Louisville fan, but I'm a Teddy fan. He's uh, just just seems like a great guy, and anytime somebody can overcome an injury like that. It's good news. So I don't know what type of market there's going to be for him just because we have seen so little of him in the past, basically two, two and a half years. I feel like they have to go with Keenum.
2: Man, that would be crazy if if Bridgewater walked. Like, I feel like the Minnesota fan base is going to be not going to be so happy with that. But I mean, I guess if they get Keenum playing like this for the next, you know, seven, eight years, then they'll probably be okay with it. Dan, any thoughts there before we move on to running backs?
0: I hope they give Keenum the job and that's not the Packer fan in me. I I really believe in him. I I think he er, has earned it. And it's surprising that uh, the Vikings themselves and the fan and fans of the Vikings are are not on board with it as a long-term thing. I think there's a chance that the Vikings try to keep their options open a little bit. You know, there could be talk of a franchise tag potentially or one of the tags being given to Keenum and maybe trying to bring Bridgewater back as well to, to keep things open. I agree with Ryan, that Bradford's going to find a find a different different home for next season. There's probably a chance that all three of them are starting on opening week next year, and that would that would be insane to me. That's yeah.
1: It's easy to say this in hindsight, but the play for the Vikings really would have been after the first six weeks of the season when Keenum had that job, and and it was pretty clear that Bradford wasn't going to play anymore. They lock him up with with some type of Two-year contract extension. Yeah, um, I, if if that conversation
0: didn't happen between the Vikings and and his representatives, that is a big mistake. At least they should have inquired and found out: Are you interested in something? And if they if they said no, we want to play out the rest of the year and, and see what happens. By all means, but if you didn't even bring it up to to Case Keenum, that was a, a really big mistake because he came in guns a and and looked really good early in the year.
1: Yeah, because you have to think if it's week six and you're com- and you're giving him a, a two year extension for fifteen million, right? You know, worst case he's your he's your backup, and Teddy comes back and looks great, and and Keenum is a a good solid backup, um, and, and then best case is what we've seen, and now it's going to cost you a lot more money to keep him. Right,
2: and I feel like I feel like they that, that probably didn't happen because if you're Keenum, you've never made that much money in your life, so. and and, considering where you came from and and what you've been through in your career already, like you would think that you would want to stay there. So that's really interesting. Uh, At running back, we have a a pretty nice set here, Dan. I'm just going to throw these guys to you as a group. You talk about whoever you want to talk about. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, you know, assuming he's going to come back to the Steelers, but there has been talk that they're running him into the ground this year just so they can let him go uh, and basically use them all up. Carlos Hyde. There was a lot of talk earlier this offseason that he was going somewhere else, but now with Garoppolo there, maybe they keep him. Jarek McKinnon. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook's the guy there, right? So he's he's probably going to want to leave, and he's only 25. A lot of talent like we saw today especially in the receiving game and then in, in new england we've we've got two guys that are the biggest part of their offense right now although burkhead did get hit, hit get uh knocked out of the game today not sure how serious that injury is yet but both rex burkhead and Dion lewis are are free agents next year so pick a couple of these guys or one of these guys and give us your thoughts
0: well, quick thought on Bill. I, I have a hard time believing that Mike Tomlin would subscribe to the theory that okay, we're going to let him go. Let's run him into the ground. That that doesn't seem like a Mike Tomlin kind of thing. I, I don't think he would At the very least, I don't think he'd be on board with it. He's going to protect his players. He's a former player, so I've read that conspiracy theory, I guess. And, and I just, I really don't buy it. Bell is most valuable in Pittsburgh though, to, to the Steelers, to the NFL and to dynasty owners. So hopefully if you're a bell owner, you're, you're hoping he, he finds his deal in Pittsburgh. I have heard a few things from dynasty owners and on Twitter and things like that, where people wonder because of the contract and he's, he's constantly playing for a contract. Will his game change at all if he gets that long-term security? That's an interesting theory as well. So um, lots of questions to be answered there with on Bell. The other guy of the ones you mentioned that interests me is Carlos Hyde. Doesn't seem like he ever belonged in, in San Francisco. I, I had many shares over the last oh, four years, I guess it has been now, of Carlos Hyde. And I only have one left at this point. I'm, I'm almost done with him. To res- to have a resurgence there, I think he has to end up in an ideal place where they're going to use him as a thumper between the tackles, as a twenty to twenty-five carry a game guy that can catch a few passes out of the out of the backfield. And I'm not, I don't know that I'm convinced anybody in the league wants to give him that role. I've heard people talk about uh, Seattle maybe maybe ending up up there. Boy, I, I, I don't know. Is is there a great landing spot for a running back? And if there is. Isn't a rookie going to fill that role? I, I'm not convinced. Unless Bell leaves Pittsburgh and someone ends up taking his place, that outside of the incoming rookie class, any of these running backs are going to switch locations, find their way to a, a big role, and be and, and see a huge spike in their dynasty uh, value in 2018.
2: What about hide on the Giants or the Broncos?
0: They're they're interesting landing spots for sure. But you know when you when you mention those teams, like like if Hyde leaves or if Hyde goes to the Broncos then CJ Anderson needs to find a new home and to be honest they they're kind of the same type of player so one of one of them can take that role and then there's got to be another role somewhere else uh, the Giants are interesting that a lot is to be seen who's going to be coaching that team is that going to be a run first philosophy do they want to use those guys at the, out of the backfield as pass catchers to complement that those outside receivers you know we're going to learn a lot over the next few months when coaches are hired and and when these guys be actually become free agents. I'm just more concerned about the rookie class, like I said, coming in and, and taking those prime spots, the few that are out there.
2: Yeah, uh, Ryan, any of these running backs pique your interest of uh, the unrestricted free agents for 2018?
1: Yeah, I'm probably most interested in in Hyde. I guess I mean outside of Bell, he's he's clearly the big name, and I agree with you guys. I. I'm rooting for him to stay there in Pittsburgh, but I'm a little more optimistic on Hyde, even though he, he's not a guy I've really been a fan of throughout his career. I, I do think there are quite a few spots he could land in and see his value, see his value increase. So because of that, he's a guy I might, might send out some feelers for early in the off season. Uh, the Patriots kind of like that Vikings Quarterback situation—they have some tough choices as their top two guys are going to be free agents. Uh, I don't know if it's official yet, but uh, the Burkhead injury sounds like an ACL, so that could that could really change, you know, this entire situation. If any of those guys—and um, and we can throw uh, Mike Gillisley in there, who's not a free agent—but you know, it wouldn't be a surprise if he were cut. Uh, any of those guys who don't stay in New England, I probably don't want. If they, if Burkhead stays, if Lewis stays, those are guys I would be interested in acquiring. I think their price will still be cheap, uh, but beyond that, not really. I, I, and I think um, I don't know if you mentioned him, but I think Isaiah Crowell is also a free agent. In, yeah, uh,
2: he is. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mention yeah. him, but he seems a little bit less interesting to me. But maybe you would disagree.
1: Um, he kind of, kind of same situation as Hyde. Not a guy I've ever really supported or gone out of my way to roster, but if he lands in the right spot, you know? Um, and, and Dan, you're right that there's, there's a ton of rookie running backs that are going to really determine what the, what the free agency market is like, even though, even though free agency is before the draft. So it it could be a slow market for these guys other than bell.
2: Yeah. It's it's really sad to see what happens to these uh, running backs after their rookie contracts, you know, uh, why would you invest in uh, heavily in a position like that when you could just go get a rookie that can fill most of the need for, for cheaper. So uh, very, very kind of sad uh, for that position, even, even despite the resurgent, you know, maybe bell does get a big contract and kind of reset the market for, for those elite guys, but uh, we're not there yet. Uh, let's talk about wide receivers real quick. Uh, pretty nice list here. Uh, again, I'm going to throw these to you guys as a group, Brian, we'll start with you. Devonte Adams, please, please, please come back to green Bay. Uh, Allen Robinson uh, is, is, could also leave Jacksonville. Jarvis Landry, you know, the, the Dolphins decided not to not to pay hims and uh, bet kind of bet on Devontae Parker, and that has not really worked out. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Sammy Watkins, you would think he would just come back to the Rams, but uh, he could walk too uh Dante Moncrief former dynasty darling now not so much and of course John Brown who uh I thought maybe would have a better season this year than he did but once Carson Palmer went down it was kind of over for him uh Ryan uh, any of these guys interest you uh where do you think uh and where do you think they might land
1: yeah really almost all of them interest me I mean that that 2014 class is one we have we've talked about and gushed about really ever since they hit the NFL and uh, Adams, Robinson, Landry and Watkins, especially could, could really shift things again this offseason. I would expect Adams to stay in green Bay. I hope he does. But between the, the trio of Adams, Jordy and, and Cobb, I do expect at least one of those guys to be gone. I know Cobb and Jordy are under contract, but I, I think especially my guy Cobb is, is a, at risk of being a cap casualty. But I, I think they have to try to keep Adams considering, uh, you know, he's he's the youngest and he's been the best, obviously. Robinson, I keep hearing that they're going to just franchise him uh, in order to make sure they don't lose him. And and even with some of these uh, surprise players, uh, both this week and, and this entire season, they're lacking a true number one. And If they can go forward with – with uh, Robinson and Westbrook, I think that's a pretty strong duo. And and if they get something out of Cole and, and these other guys, if they're for real, then that's, that's just icing on the cake. Uh, and then kind of the bottom of that group, Moncrief, John Brown. Both of those are honestly players I've kind of given up on. Uh, I think Moncrief still has the talent. So I think maybe he just needs to get out of Indianapolis. I don't think they're even going to try to re-sign him. I'd be surprised if they did anything other than just letting him walk and, and Brown. It's just, it's just an injury situation, which kind of stinks. He's, he's a fun player to watch, but he just can't get, get over this stuff.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Dan, any, any thoughts here on the wide receiver group?
0: Well, I think Adams only holds that value. Like Ryan said, if if he's attached to Aaron Rodgers, and I expect him to be the priority free agent for the Packers as well. So Ryan mentioned that, that one, one of the threesome will be gone next year. And that that's probably likely. I think there's probably a chance that one or both of, of Cobb and Jordy Nelson restructures their deals and, and tries to stay attached to Aaron Rodgers. Um, Jordy has spoken about in the past how much Aaron's game has helped him and, and vice versa. So I really think that Jordy Nelson wants to stay in Green Bay. And it, it, if, I know money talks, but it seems like that, that'd be an ideal fit for him to end his career there. Uh, so Adams is the, is the big name of the group to me with a Rob being a close second and those two flip flop if, if Adams moves on and, and Robinson either stays there, stays where he is or goes somewhere else. So I've never been a huge Landry or Watkins guy myself. Both of them have, have been in that, that tier in the middle, uh, those wide receiver two ish guys that so many dynasty owners like or fall in love with and I just can't get on board with so like you said Matt I kind of hope Watkins stays in LA and continues in that offense I think he's seen some progression throughout his first season there and I, I think there's probably room for that to grow and for him to become a nice uh option for in that passing attack and and maybe even become a consistent dynasty asset for for dynasty owners down the road he's not there yet but I think his best chance to be that is probably in LA. And like Ryan said, with Moncrief and John Brown, I've moved on from those guys as well. Maybe they find their ways into the right offense with the right play caller that designs plays to get the ball in their hands. Um, I'm not convinced that either one of them would do enough with them to be a dynasty asset again in their careers.
2: Yeah, Davante Adams, I I heard today on Red Zone, he has the most receiving touchdowns since the beginning of 2016, I believe, which we need that production back for the Packers. He cannot go anywhere. Uh, That would be tough. Uh, But let's move on to the last position here, tight ends. Uh, An interesting group, all kind of disappointing lately, honestly. Jimmy Graham, he was pretty good earlier this season. But uh, last week he came up with one catch for zero yards, I believe, and this this week one catch for negative one yard. So just when you think that they figured out how to use Jimmy Graham – i guess not (laughs) so uh he's gonna he's probably gonna be gone my guess my guess is uh uh, tyler eifert i I would imagine that the Bengals are probably sick of dealing with him um and uh and austin safarian jenkins who had a nice run at the beginning of the season but has basically disappeared the second half here um dan any of these guys interest you at all either for dynasty or uh, in terms of landing spot next season
0: Oh, I'm so over Tyler Eifert. I'm so yeah. done with it. I, I I can't wait for him to come back and catch those two touchdowns in the game so I can sell him, no matter where that's at. Um, because the injuries are just, just too much. And uh, I, I know there's a lot of players like that that get hurt, but, but Eifert's the guy that just sticks with – he's so far removed from that 13-touchdown campaign here a couple of years ago in my mind that I, I – It doesn't even translate anymore. So I I don't know where he's going to end up or anything like that. I I know that I don't want him on my dynasty rosters because the injury risk is just far too much. I think Jimmy Graham is an interesting name for dynasty owners. He's a guy worth monitoring really closely. His age is getting up there to the point where there's going to be discounts associated to his price tag. So if, if you're able to roster him, if he's able to find his way onto the, to the right NFL team with the right quarterback, right coaching staff that uses a tight end, he could be a really interesting name. He's still got double-digit touchdown upside, and those are the kind of guys, those guys that are in their thirties and uh, have done it before. And now see their price on the, the price tag on the downhill, on the decline. Those are the guys I want on my team on, on contenders. So he's a, he's a name worth watching for sure. And, I know it sounds kind of cliche, but if he were to end up in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers... I was
2: just thinking that. that. I was just (laughs) thinking that.
0: (laughs) You know, everybody who was excited, myself included, about Martellus Bennett, that would be like 10 times, you know. And there's so many other landing spots as well. You know, you you can see some of the older tight tight ends move on and and Graham taking their place with some of these other quarterbacks or or whatever. But I, I just... He hasn't been used right in Seattle, and if if he were used right again, I think those double-digit tight touchdowns are are a possibility. So he's the guy I'm watching.
2: Ryan, close us out here with your thoughts on this uh, unrestricted free agent tight end group.
1: Yeah, none of these three, Graham, Eifert, ASJ, none of those three especially excite me. Uh, At the same time, I think they'll all be pretty cheap, uh, especially pre-free agency. Honestly, I think Eifert and ASJ would both cost about a third each, maybe two-thirds, and if I'm desperate for some tight end help, I might be willing to do that. And kind of agreeing with, with Dan, I think Graham is, is the prize. And even though he's older than, than the other guys, uh, I think he still has the most upside and, and the most potential to gain some value here.
2: I'm just going to mention that uh, earlier this offseason in a best ball league, I got to sell Tyler Eifert to Nathan Powell for a first-round pick and Cameron Brait. So uh, you're welcome, Nathan. <laughs> uh, we're going to get out of here, though. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast. Just a reminder, if you want to be in the playoff listener league, please go on to iTunes, rate and review us, and tag Ryan, at RyanMC23 and use the hashtag DLFPod. And uh, we'll be back with you guys again next week for another episode. Good luck in your fantasy Super Bowls.